Welcome to the conversation on women and family business. We are WIFB, a global initiative that offers an opportunity to women from all over the world to share their thoughts on matters relating to the family enterprise. This particular conversation series has been co-created with Amy Katz, who is the founder of DaughtersInCharge.com, a coaching business that supports women to grow, learn and develop in their families' businesses. Enjoy this episode. Welcome back to Women in Family Business with Ramya, and I'm here with Amy Katz from Daughters in Charge. Amy, welcome back. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be back. <laughs> so Amy and I, last uh, last week, we started out having a discussion about the importance of having a conversation around women in family business, uh, and we're going to be continuing our episodes in the weeks to come. Today, we are going to be talking about sibling relationships in the family business and how they affect the family business uh, in positive and maybe negative ways. And Amy actually has a lot of experience in coaching people through difficult relationships or positive relationships in uh, in, si- in sibling dynamics. Uh, Amy, tell us what has your experience taught you in in terms of uh, the sibling uh, sibling relationship within the family business? What have been the most outstanding sort of experiences and stories that you've heard? One of them is that I think siblings don't always appreciate how their relationships, even their kidding with each other, can affect the whole business. They have a sort of an internal, uh, they can fight, they can laugh, they can struggle competitively, and they don't realize all the time that their every movement is being watched and that sometimes the way they relate to each other can be replicated among teams and other groups in the organization. So that that's one thing that I think I, I've become aware of as almost a blind spot in, in some of the sibling relationships that I've heard about and tried to help people work on. So oh, Actually, you mentioning that makes me feel like I need to go back and have a talk with my sisters because we probably and most definitely do that. There are way too many insider jokes in daily work life between right. us. So what do you what do you feel like the effect of that could be? Like, you know, does it make uh, others feel like um, locked out of communication or is it like something that can, can like sort of negatively impact as well the environment or? I've seen both. I mean, I think when even insider jokes, which are playful and fun, um, can have a wonderful effect on an organization because there's that sense that at the top of the organization or in the future of the organization, there can be play, there can be fun, there can be disagreement, and there can be a shared sense of of commitment to a mission. So that can be very reassuring. Of course, the other side is that it can create a great deal of anxiety, concern about, you know, particularly if it's, if it's a second generation, um, what will happen when there's no longer that trusted leader and now we have a group running the business and that transfer from one person, often a father at this point, to a sibling team can be a little disoriented for disorienting for people their sense of well who's really in charge but you know let's zoom in on that a little bit amy because i think you're hitting on a superbly important word here and that's team so how do you create a team spirit between siblings right like because i think what people underestimate is 
me being a family member in the family business, of course, I know this is like when we enter the family business as a second generation or a third generation, um, everything changes in terms of our family dynamics, right? Like our perceptions of each other change, our expectations change very dramatically. You have to almost relearn each other entirely. So whatever you thought was true about the other person, let's put it this way. If you're not open to relearning it, you're going to get into like head on conflict with everyone, right? Like, because everyone is a different person in the workplace sometimes and they are in private life as well. So, so while the founder is there or like while the incumbent generation is there, our relationships are very much defined by them setting, I guess, like certain rules or certain expectations. Um, what happens, obviously, when that founding generation or the older generation is gone is that those expectations probably get transferred to between us, right? Like, so how how have you seen siblings sort of, like, react to that transition where they're, like, suddenly confronted with, well, you know, there's no older generation anymore. It's it's just up to us. And, like, how how have they dealt with that? Well, certainly in the beginning when that transfer occurs... Uh, you know, the older generation might still be there in some way, shape or form, either coming in periodically or, um, you know, connecting with with the with his or her children. Are you taking a very Western approach here, Amy? Because trust me, in most of our cultures that we know, you leave the business when you're dead. That's it. (laughs) There's no transfer. There's no transition. (laughs) Yeah, I think I think the Western version is everything from. See, I'm going on vacation to um, I'm coming in and I want my office. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, but but not as um, not quite what you're describing, at least in the experience of, I've had. Uh, there are a lot of different models for that. But within the sibling team, you know, I think relearning is a good word. I think becoming reacquainted. Most of us, oh, and again, you can give me the more... Um, a more global perspective on this. But if we've gone away, if we've left our family home and gone to school or gone to work somewhere, and then we return and there's a sibling or two or three or cousins, which is also a dynamic to keep in mind, um, really getting reacquainted with a sibling and what are how has Mm. her career evolved and what is she really good at and what isn't she as interested in? So understanding the strengths and sometimes the needs of your siblings from a, not only a, an adult standpoint, but also from a professional standpoint so Mm. that you can negotiate all those roles, which have emerged from the founder. uh, Exactly. Is, it's one of the challenges, but I think so often uh, people kind of think I'm going to be the one who leads or, um, I, you know, you were never good at math. So why do you think you could? Oh, my God, that one. OK, that <laughs> one is the worst. OK, like people knowing how you did at school and then you end up working with them. Or people knowing how you messed up when you were a teenager and you got into trouble and you have to bring that into the boardroom. That's really hard, by the way. So <laughs> regaining sort of that credibility in, the, in those circumstances when, you know, like these, I mean, it's hard enough with your parents or like with whoever, like the older generation, having seen you grown up, grow up and everything. Um, but I think that that's why I see like with, with sibling patterns, I see like mostly two extremes, I guess, in terms of reaction. So I've just spoken to um, two brothers 
whose youngest youngest sister has just joined them in the family business. And it's really funny. The two brothers had two opposing reactions. So one of them started becoming extremely patronizing. So it was hilarious to watch. So, okay, he's been in the business, what, two minutes, okay? But he felt like she was being so condescending and talking to me about, like, you know, she has to fulfill expectations, she has to perform and stuff like that. And then I asked him, so what were you like two months into the process? Do you remember? <laughs> because, And then the other brother was babying her to the extent that it was just ridiculous. He, out of love, I guess, but then also like not realizing that to her, it felt almost like a lack of respect, right? Like the fact that, you know, she comes in and she actually wants to contribute and neither of the two brothers actually let her do so because they both were sort of locked into role perceptions, maybe expectations towards themselves. So one brother felt like he needs to be a sort of a mentor. The other brother felt like he needed to be a protector. So, you know what I mean? So it was really funny to see them <laughs> go into this locked grid, sort of like an... Uh, uh, attitude towards each other. And I think what is going to define the outcome of this situation is her uh, her behavior. So how she recognizes these patterns and how she manages to build up communication individually with them within the workplace, right? Like, I think that's very, very important. I, I try it with my sisters. It's very hard. Um, we try to, like, try to separate as much as possible between, okay, we have to talk about business right now and then try to create more space around private issues as well on the side. But it's very difficult, right? Like, because sometimes you burst out laughing at something someone said, and because it's, again, it's an insider joke, which no one else will ever get, right? <laughs> like, and, and, you know, I wouldn't miss those things for the world either because it's what makes it special to work with family because that's also the fun part, right? Like, Absolutely. otherwise that goes lost. So... So, yeah, I guess it's about finding finding a good middle. Well, I've always said um, when it works well, it's it's really wonderful. It's true. And, and when it doesn't, it's extremely painful. Because so it is, painful. You know, yeah. it affects your relationship with, you know, partners that you seek with, you know, it, so it's, it's sometimes I really do think it's a it's it's a situation of extremes. That doesn't mean it can't be brought brought in and managed more comfortably but um but when it's bad it's it's pretty awful so what do you think uh, what do you think is going to be the impact now that we have more women joining family businesses so we, we've gone from relatively like a, a clear enough actually just today again i read on on LinkedIn, another research into the father and son dynamic in the in the family business. And, you know, quite frankly, I feel like that narrative really should change into just saying like, you know, parent to child, because there's so many different cases now where like, you know, it just doesn't apply anymore. Um, so I feel like that conversation is changing very fast, especially with this generation emerging uh, yes. into the family business. But um, how do you feel like that's going to affect uh, specifically this topic? Like, you know, so sibling team building, sibling relationships like now that the girls are joining too into the active role so the pressure is no longer just on the boys but also the benefits are no longer just with the boys what what do you think well here's here what here's one thing i think that could happen which is that women particularly let's just use as an example women with two siblings such as you mentioned um you can see how easily the woman may fall into a mediating role or a um, that chief emotional officer role, trying to create harmony, trying to sort of be the mother in the workplace. And I hope that doesn't happen. So I hope it really can become, and 
um, you know, that women, because not all women are that nurturing. You know, I don't want to go with no, that stereotype. <laughs> I know. And, um, yeah. So I think, you know, that capacity to, um, to really be structured about it. I think mm. structure, whether that's a series of conversations or, a, or an agenda that you follow with a fair amount of shared commitment, you know, the structure will, will be helpful, whatever that may be, roles, routines. Um, I, but I, I, I guess I'm saying I don't want women to fall into the trap mm-hmm. of feeling that that's their, um, that's the, that's necessarily the role they have to take. But also, in that case, also warning to other siblings. So to all the brothers and cousins, male cousins out there that um, are confronted with now women in the workplace to not automatically give them that role or expect that role from them, right? Like, so it goes it goes both ways. So not to, not to have that expectation towards women. I do think that one goes particularly out to parents, though. And I'm including, consciously including mothers and fathers in this or like uncles and aunts and everything. Because funnily enough... I feel like the older generation plays a huge role in uh, in how that sort of pans out for the next generation, right? Like, so when, um, if I look, well, again, my dad, poor man, doesn't have a choice. He only has three daughters. <laughs> so it was never an issue for him. Uh-huh. Or it is a big issue for him. It depends on what perspective you take. <laughs> um, so <laughs> so he, um, for him, it was never an option. But I could imagine if we'd say had a brother, um, dad's attitude towards his sort of like what he projects in terms of responsibilities onto us in private would have directly translated into how we would have been perceived by a brother in the business, right? Like, so, oh, but in the family, you're nurturing or like, you know, you're the one who already has kids or something like that. I know you from that side. So I expect you to do the same thing uh, or to take a similar role inside the business. And again, for me, it comes back to I think the, the fundamental success of running like an interesting and exciting family business comes from being being open to being surprised by family members. OK, so to be open to understand that you don't know these people, they don't know you, at least not in every single situation in life. And you should give them the chance to surprise you, whether it be positive or negative. And just, you know, the whole um, the whole um the, the prejudice problem that we really have, right? Like, so in the sense that we we just think we know each other so well that we know how we're going to react. And it doesn't give anyone any space to grow or to change, right? Like, and it feel, makes you feel trapped then. So I feel like there's a huge, there's a huge dialogue there that needs to happen between the older and the younger generation that sets a, a precedent then on how we, within one generation, deal with things, right? Like, because I feel it, it's ex- extremely important that we look at it like vertically and horizontally, that those two things have a huge influence on each other. But how has been, has that been your experience as well with, uh, with daughters in charge, with the ladies that you coach? Well, I would say in many situations, um, the sibling patterns in childhood, which obviously are affected by the parent, can be replicated. Mm-hmm. And and probably are. So that reworking um, in adulthood becomes extremely important. I like the idea of surprise because I I think I would almost say the surprise is perhaps a blinding glimpse of the obvious. Mm -hmm. It's things you may have known about a sibling and and that comes back, but, um, but it's really not that surprising. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, there's been some actually just a recent 
<clears throat> a recent uh, thing I heard on national public radio about birth order. That okay. you know, yeah. and this back and <laughs> forth and back and forth. Yeah. Does it does it matter? And you know, the conclusion is at least the conclusion this year is yes, it does matter. And I think mm. that plays into it. So if you are an older sister, I've worked with an older sister with two younger brothers. Uh, siblings, um, she's always going to be the older sister. That is not going to change. Mm -hmm. But but that doesn't mean that she can't take a backstage role at times. Exactly. And that, that exactly. you know, and that, so I think sometimes women who are able to be successful and and in charge when they have male siblings, you know, the, their birth order is going to have an impact, and their ability to. Um, to not be the older sister all the time uh, is is going to be important. So, y you know, it's I, I you know on the other hand I have uh, I've had experience with a daughter with with three older siblings, male. Wow. Oh, and um, so when she ha wanted to have children, their expectation was. Okay, great, but you're still going to work from 6.30 to 6.30. I mean, it's going to be no exceptions here. And, um, and she actually has said, you know, if it weren't for fulfilling the expectation that I have children, I could rule the world. And you hear the power of some of these women. Oh and yet, God. and it's not that she doesn't love her children, but she is seeing in the way her role is playing out that, you know, there's some compromises, there's some, there's opportunity, but there are also constraints. So, you know, every family is a universe, but I think there are patterns that we can at least think about, like, am I being the older sister here? Or am I acting out like a kid mm -hmm. when it's time for me to grow up? And, um, but that's why the more the, the conversations you can have not about the business, but about what your goals are, what your hopes are. This is what we want for people in any working situation. True, true. And, um, and in some ways, while sibling teams have to become reacquainted, perhaps, um, teams within the organizations need those conversations so they can become acquainted. And, and um, so... It's it's a very rich area, certainly for. Um, it's a very rich area, and we will continue talking about these topics. Uh, this was Ramya Lagami from Women in Family Business and Amy Katz from Daughters in Charge, and we will be back next week for another episode. Thank you. To learn more about Amy Katz's work with Daughters in Charge, go to daughtersincharge.com and subscribe to her newsletter, or get in touch with Amy directly. To stay in touch with the WIFB community, go to womeninfamilybusiness.org and subscribe to our newsletter for updates on the newest articles and interviews.